1: You're Locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Himalaya, anywhere you find podcasts. You'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened they want to know why and how. Pete Sampson on the show today, the Notre Dame beat writer for the Athletic is on the show for our rookie orientation series about Dexter Williams. We're going to get to Pete in just a little bit. I hate to make someone with such a great name wait, but we're going to have to wait. Um, and that's just because I want to I want to offer just a little bit of a of a intro to this because I think Dexter Williams is one of those players that a lot of Packer fans are really excited about and if I were going to be asked you know every year there is a player who breaks out in training camp or in the preseason or both and fans just go nuts and they say this guy has got to play and, and sometimes it's Vic Soto, and it turns out he's actually just not good and other times it's a really good player we you know we 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 don't have any way of knowing in the moment who is good and who isn't because it's the preseason. You know, Matt Hasselbeck looked great in the preseason. Turned out he's good. And and he proved it for a long time in the NFL. You know, Victor Cruz for the Giants, he he made a splash in preseason and became a star NFL receiver. I'm not suggesting that I think Dexter Williams is going to be a star player, but what I am suggesting is I think Of all of the guys who could come in in the preseason with training camp and and all of the extra reps that they're going to get in the preseason and produce in a way that makes fans say, that guy needs to play more. Dexter Williams is the guy to me. You know, I think Sternberger is going to take some time. Everyone expects Rashawn Gary to play early, so it's not like anyone's going to be saying, oh, he should play, and other people are going to say, no, he shouldn't. Like, No, he was the 12th overall pick. He's going to play. Darnell Savage is going to start. Sternberger, I don't think, is going to do that, and I don't think Elton Jenkins is going to start. So that leaves Kingsley Kiki probably not going to start short of injury. Dexter Williams not going to start. But I think what you're gonna see is in a preseason game, he's gonna get in, in this in the third quarter and, you know, run for a buck twenty in the second half. He's gonna do something like that. And he's gonna rip off a 70 yard run in there. I mean, that is the electricity that he brings to this team. He brings a home run hitting potential player. And at the running back position, you know, Aaron Jones can do that. Although I don't know that, you know, I would I would expect him to break off 70-yard runs. I don't think he quite has the juice for that. I think, you know, 30, 40 that run against the Saints a couple of years ago might have been 50. He is very explosive but doesn't quite have the long speed you need to break, you know. Dexter Williams had a 97-yard touchdown run in college. I know he didn't run a fast 40, but the explosiveness is there. And and you're going to hear that from Pete. You know, it, It didn't take long for people in South Bend to understand the kind of athlete that this guy was. And so given the ideal scheme fit in terms of the run scheme and the opportunities he's going to get in the preseason, I think he's going to play himself into a position where Green Bay is going to have to find a way to get this guy on the field. If it weren't for... You know, the the maturity questions and the football IQ questions and how fast is he going to pick up the offense and can he pass protect? Just pure running. He is an extremely talented player and I think he would have gone much higher in the draft. I think he could have been, you know, a late day two, early day three pick in that, you know, 85 to 110 range. Instead, he has to wait until the sixth round to hear his name called. For someone as just on pure football talent, that is not reflective of his abilities. Much in the same way it it wasn't with Equinemius St. Brown and much in the same way as it wasn't with Marquez Aldis Scaling, Can he contribute as a rookie the way that those guys did as a secondary player who in spot opportunities can create some big plays? Both those guys. MVS and EQ, everyone's favorite alphabet soup year 2 receivers. They made plays as rookies and probably could have played more and probably could have made more plays had Aaron Rodgers been a little bit healthier and been able to, you know, play with a little bit more confidence. Now, you know, part of that is because of them and and he didn't have confidence in them. It's different with a running back. If you are just turning and handing him the ball, you know, there's not much for Rodgers to screw up there. Now, he might audible out of every run play that, that Dexter Williams is on the field, but that's a separate problem, okay? You you have to get Rodgers to buy into the offense. The point here is Dexter Williams is talented and talented enough that he could force his way onto the field. Now, I know that Capri Bibbs had a you know an impressive offseason in the spring, looked good in OTAs. Dexter Williams is just more talented, just more talented. And, and does that translate? We're going to see. But again, if you're going to predict, or maybe more precisely, if I'm going to predict, a player who is going to show out in training camp and the preseason and make some big plays and have everyone talking about him, Dexter Williams is the guy, which is why I brought Pete Sampson from The Athletic to tell us more about him. But before we get to Pete, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded.
3: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
2: is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit Dave'sKillerBread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
1: All right, he is the Notre Dame beat writer for the athletic college football. You can follow him on Twitter at Sampson underscore. Yes, at Pete Sampson with the underscore at the end. Pete, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Thanks for having me. So one of the players that I think is is really on uh, the minds of Packer fans in terms of the draft uh, is Dexter Williams from Notre Dame, uh, the, the team you cover for The Athletic. And uh, I think one of the reasons is his, his story is pretty remarkable. Uh, with with the illness his family the things that he's overcome what was what was your first impression of him when he first got to campus and and became you know a a part of the fabric
0: of the team well I mean it's interesting so you, you go back to his recruitment and his primary recruiter was a guy named Tony Alford who is now the running back coach at Ohio State and he essentially left Notre Dame two days after Dexter Williams signed um, after sort of being the guy that recruited him and I'm going to be here for you and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So there was, there was sort of a question about Dexter Williams coming here at all. Um, you know, and he said at that point came out and said, you know, look, I, I went to Notre Dame or I'm going to go to Notre Dame because that's, that's fit. It doesn't have anything to do with, or not as much to do with the coach itself. So I, you know, when he got here, you could see that he was just, cut differently from the other running backs that Notre Dame had. It was um, a really unique build and you know, Notre Dame just didn't have guys like that where you you'd say like, Oh, that guy's going to play in the NFL someday. Um, so initially you knew that the potential and the talent was there from the second he showed up. Um, and then the hard part really started from there because getting him on the field was, was a real challenge for the staff
1: yeah and and once he got on the field, it was it was hard to keep him there. He went through you know his own issues with um, discipline. I mean what can you tell me about you know the, some of those early struggles?
0: Well, you know the, the on the field stuff was uh, you know I think the coaches had to sort of toughen him up, um, teach him how to pass block, which took about three and a half years to get right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know understand the playbook. Uh, that you know, I, I don't think he, I don't think he was a guy that did everything off the of field right. Um, and I'm just talking about from a football perspective. Right. Um, and then on top of that, before the 2016 season, uh, um, you know, he gets arrested midway through training camp, uh, week in the car, gun in the car. Uh, you know, and I don't know, like at Notre Dame, that is a big, big, big deal. And, and you know, there was a question of like whether his career had just come to an end before it even got started. Um, you know, ultimately he comes back from that, um, you know, plays, uh, but is still playing a supporting role in, in, in some ways it's, it's sort of frustrating the coaches that he's not picking things up sooner, uh, then ultimately gets suspended for the first four games of the senior year. And at that point, I mean, he's, he's very much a kid who's like, he's in a contractor year. And in a lot of ways, he had a nine game career at Notre Dame, which is just sort of disappointing. Um, you know, because you, you never feel like the, you got the best out of him for such a short amount of time. Um, but you know, when you when you saw that against Stanford, uh, when you when you saw that against USC, you're like, oh god! I mean, the, all that all that potential. That that's why coaches put up with uh, you know, headache recruitments and trying to get a guy to buy in and drilling him in the weight room uh, and just riding him. So you can get to the end, and um, you know Dexter Williams for even though he had basically a, a nine game career Notre Dame was just a really good nine games this fall, and now you know now Green Bay gets to benefit from that.
1: Do you think? I mean, you talked about the work paying off. Do you think you know there were there were obstacles overcome, or do you think it was a situation where you know the the light just sort of clicked, everything came together, and he was able to do it, or do you think he really you know he really did turn some sort of metaphoric corner on, you know, doing things the right way or the way that the coaches are asking him
0: to do it? I think, you know, probably a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think having his mom close by was important to him. Um, you know, that was something that he really was uh, naturally his mom. It's, you know, a terminal condition. It's it's a struggle. Um, you know, that was that really weighed him. Um, having her move up here this fall, I think, had a really good, really good impact on him sort of him a little bit more on the straight and narrow so it's um you know i think like if you spend time around dexter williams it's not like you come away thinking like that okay this is a, a malcontent or somebody who's going to be bad in the locker room um not at all i think he just has made made some some bad decisions along the way I, I think that seeing how seeing this season when he took coaching and locked in and the benefit he got out of it um will will that will pay forward in Green Bay. Um, you know, and now it's. I, I'm definitely interested to see, like at Notre Dame, the coaches sort of have, you know, such a vested interest in in his success because his success is the team's success. In the NFL, they're like, if you're not in line, they they'll find somebody else. Right. But it. Um, I think that he got a lot out of this season um, in terms of like, okay, this is what it actually needs to work. And if he can carry that over in the NFL, I think that he's, he's got a chance to, to play in the league for, for a
1: while. And the story with his mom is is pretty remarkable. Um, you know, that's that's one of the big things that that I think a lot of Packer fans that didn't know a lot about Dexter Williams uh, got to know about him. Um, there, there have been some national stories done about it. I mean, if if for those in, in my audience that that don't really know the story, you know, what can you what can you provide in terms of insight there?
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, this is uh, something that his mom has been dealing with since Dexter was being recruited here. Uh, and I, I remember talking to the coaches um, when they were visiting him in high school and just how how important the connection with his mom was. It was initially why he was going to stay closer to home, uh, you know, go to Miami. And um, it, it was it was basically there. It didn't feel like it was a, a situation where Dexter's mom was was going to going to make it, like that she was going to survive. Um, and she sort of sought treatment. Uh, but then I think moving up here, I think she got to a point and I think mean, ESPN did a good sort of college game day feature around this around the Cotton Bowl was just sort of her perspective had changed from, you know what, I don't know how much time I have left, but I'm going to make sure that I spend as much time of it with, with my son Dexter as I can. Uh, I think that was so good for Dexter uh, and to sort of sort of settling him down and helping him in some ways grow up um, by having his, his mom closer by him up in, in South Bend and just sort of be here all the time. But, uh, you know, it's been, that's been something he's had to sort of deal with and cope with throughout his, uh, throughout his college career. And, like, Notre, Notre Dame was a tough environment for him. Um, you know, coming from Orlando public school, Just you know, you, you come up to Notre Dame, you're suddenly stuck in the classroom with a bunch of valedictorians and salutatorians who went to, you know, high-end private schools, that's, that's hard. And, um, you know, he sort of gutted that out, graduated this spring. Um, he's definitely, I think one of those graduation success stories that Notre Dame likes to tell people about because, um, that when Dexter came here, whether he was going to make it or not was, it was going to be a challenge. Uh, and he, he, he got to the other side of it, even if the path there wasn't always in a straight line.
1: Yeah. And this is, it's interesting that we are, you know, we are, eight minutes into this discussion about a sixth-round pick and haven't talked about his football ability. Um, but his football ability is, is, I think, a lot higher than a sixth-round pick. And and part of the reason why he, he fell as far as he did is some of this other stuff that, that you talked about. But as a player, w- what does Dexter Williams bring to the NFL in terms of the ways that he can contribute on the
0: field? I mean, he is NFL fast um in all the gears, like he has breakaway (laughs) speed and you know you know you know what I mean like some guys are are fast in first second and third gear and then you get to the fifth gear and they get hawked Mm -hmm. down by cornerbacks and safeties Dexter Williams are running away from those dudes so he's uh he had a 97 yard touchdown run at Virginia Tech nobody really got close um you watched his highlights against Stanford his first game back I think his first touch was uh was a 42-yard touchdown. Yep. Um, he's He is NFL fast in all the gears. And, he, you know, catching on the backfield, okay. Black blocking, not great. Um, got better this year. But uh, he was somebody, when you would watch him in practice, you know, they didn't have to wear jerseys for you to understand, like, okay, that's the guy who's going to play in the NFL. <laughs> and then there are some other backs here, too. But there's definitely this guy. Um, and if he... I mean, I started looking at the 2017 season when Notre Dame's offensive line was Mike McGlinchey, Quentin Nelson, Sam Lester, Alex Bars, you know, Joe Moore award-winning line. If Dexter Williams – if you got, like, the final nine games of Dexter Williams this year, back then, he would have run for 1,700 yards. I mean, he he would have been unstoppable. Um, But, you know, back then he – and I think he actually led the nation in yards per carry, but he didn't have enough uh, carries to qualify – um, that season yeah. so it's uh he is uh, he he's got all the measurables you want from an NFL back I you know I think like his his testing numbers were not great at the combine or at pro day um, but when you watch him play he plays a heck of a lot faster than he tests
1: yeah I mean that's certainly certainly clear I mean he I think he ran in the mid four fives and as you said you watch him on the field you know against teams with legit, NFL talent. He's running away from guys, you know, Stanford, Miami, Virginia Tech. I mean, these are these are teams with legit dudes. It's not like he's doing this against, you know, our little sisters of the poor.
0: No. No. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, the USC game at the end of the year, he had a 52, and at a time when Notre Dame needed it bad, he had a, I think it was a 52-yard touchdown run early in the second half where he just was like, I'm faster than all you guys, bye. And he just took it all you know ran around a corner and was gone so he's um he's a home run threat every time he touches the ball and and Notre Dame has not had a whole lot of running backs like
1: yeah is there has there been any indication that that perhaps Matt LaFleur's connection to the school helped in any way in terms of the the scouting process here do we do we have any indication of that
0: I don't, I don't think so. Um, cause because they didn't overlap. Um, you know, certainly there's, there's a connection there with LaFour being at Notre Dame for a year, um, uh, but not a, not a real deep one. I would think that he would get a pretty straight read on, uh, on Dexter. I don't know if that would necessarily be glowing because, you know, you're, you're getting the all four years of the guy, not just the last nine games. Um, so, you know, I, I think they, they certainly know what they're getting. I guess that's probably the best way to put it. Um, you know, if you did due diligence on Dexter Williams, you would you would see all the potential there and sort of know the personality as well. So it's, um, right. I, don't, I don't think that probably had a whole lot to do with it. Um, I guess once you get into the sixth round, it, I look at Dexter Williams as a pretty good value pick in the sixth round. Um, probably would be a decent value pick in the fifth round as well. Um, but I would, but I would say by that time you get that deep in the draft, probably everybody knows that. And everybody has connections to, to all these schools by that point.
1: Yeah. If you were, you know, if we were, if we were sitting here in, in two or three years and, and it turned out that Dexter Williams had sort of become the second back on this team and, and he was, he was being a useful NFL player. Would that be surprising to you?
0: No, nope, not at all. I mean, it's, uh, I his career really could go anywhere. Um, I guess I would be shocked if worst case scenario, if he didn't sort of have a a first contract, good NFL career Um, after that, I don't really know, but I, I just think that he'll, he'll play next season and and probably have some meaningful reps um, with the Packers. I just, I think he's, he's too talented. Um, You know, maybe green Bay is a good place to be because there's, you know, it's just sort of out of his, you know, similar to Notre Dame. It's you know, it's not in Florida where he he knows everybody. It's just football there all the time. Right. So um, it could be, it could be a good fit for him. Um, I think that he's he's certainly there are a lot of backs in the NFL who are fast like Dexter Williams and have moves like Dexter Williams. But um, you know, I, I think it's sort of a second, third back for a while. He's got he's got to, to stick around in the league for for at least a few seasons.
1: Yeah, that's the that was the last question I was gonna ask is if you thought, you know, you mentioned that that potential culture shock for him going to Notre Dame, but he did graduate and he did we did see him in this last year, you know, get to that point. Is it possible that this this preparation and the and the culture that he did become at, at the very least, um, maybe not used to, but he he understood it by the end, going to Green Bay, where there's a lot of similarities in culture. Uh, in terms of the football program, in terms of the fan base and all of that stuff. I mean, the, the Packer fans are going to embrace him right away. Do you think it's possible that, that that experience sets him up well now in a way that it might not if, if he had gone to, you know, University of Miami, for example?
0: Oh, yeah, I think absolutely. Uh, I think it's a good fit for him culturally that way. Um, I think it's, it's- if he's in a good running back room and a good running back coach, I think he will, he will be set. Um, I think he, despite, despite it taking a couple of years to get going, I don't think he's, he's one of those guys that's hard to coach. Um, you just like, as soon as you can get with him and he trusts you and you have a good relationship. But uh, I mean, I think people who spend time around Dexter Williams like Dexter Williams quite a bit. Um, he was a popular guy in the locker room. Um, it, it just, it took him a while to sort of figure it out. But when he did as a senior, I, I think the coaches really liked him. And it's, it's not, I don't want to give the the sense that this was like inevitable or like the coaches forced him to do it. I mean, Dexter, Dexter Williams figured out what Dexter Williams needed to get done as a senior and, and yeah. did it. Um, and I know the coaches around here for as much as they, they were frustrated with him after 2017, they were really proud of him after 2018. Um, and they, and that's not just because they went 12 and one and went to the playoff. Um, it's cause Dexter Williams changed, uh, and, and really sort of bought into what they were doing. So I don't, I think he's like, like we were talking about earlier, the fact that he had that success here, had that success at a place like Notre Dame, which is not dissimilar to, to Green Bay. Um, it's set up as like, I think a, a really good fit for him there. Uh, he's got a, He's got a real chance to, to, to carve out a, a role in the NFL for for a few seasons. Um, you know, I think Green Bay is going to be a good place for him to do that.
1: I, I said last one, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about <laughs> the potential impact of having Deshaun Kaiser and Equinemia St. Brown on the same team.
0: You know, I don't know. I, I don't know how much <laughs> an impact that is going to have because I don't know how close they were when they were here. I mean, Kaiser was sort of in and out. Uh, before Dexter right. was was really clicking, um,
1: I think EQ said they're friends and they have talked since you know. Yeah, since the, I mean,
0: since I don't know if you've you spent time around EQ. He's not really that outspoken, um, and I think his background is really quite a bit different from Dexter. But look, they all oh. they all went to Notre Dame. Um, they certainly know each other. I, it, it doesn't hurt. How about that? Like, I think that's about as far sure. as I would far as I would that's go fine. it's c- certainly it's, it's somebody that uh, Dexter would be comfortable with and I think that I guess there's probably a good way to put it if if off the field Dexter Williams is hanging out with Deshaun and EQ that's a good thing because I think Deshaun and EQ are like probably are, are good influence type guys um you know maybe Got they it. weren't great friends when they were at Notre Dame but like when you get into a new environment and you don't know anybody I think they'd probably gravitate towards old teammates
1: mm-hmm sure Pete, I appreciate you taking the time. Great insight. And um, hopefully we can have you back down the line.
0: Definitely. Thanks for having me.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shell.
3: The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: All right. I want to thank Pete for joining Locked On Packers and remind you today's show is also brought to you by GRIP6. An ultra-lightweight belt with no holes, no flaps, and makes a great Father's Day gift. Go to Grip6.com slash Lock, L-O-C-K-E. That's Grip6, the number six. Grip6.com slash Lock, L-O-C-K-E for a special offer. We're going to be back tomorrow. And we are starting this. Ty Summers coming up next week to complete our rookie orientation season but we are going to move into now an area of the offseason where we're going, to, we're going to bring in some football when we have to and when we need to and when we want to. But I want to have some other different kinds of discussions. I want to talk about tailgate food. I want to talk about the best beer to drink while watching football games. I want to talk about basically eating and drinking. No, I want to, I want to talk about more than just what's happening on the field because for the next few weeks... There isn't going to be anything else happening on the field, so I'm going to bring in some guests. We're going to have some fun, and we're still going to be football centric. We're still going to talk about the game. We're still going to we're still going to do the thing. This is still going to be locked on Packers, but I want to bring a little levity. I want to I want to give you something a little bit different to break up all of the. Um, this is there is a secondary silly season right after. know before the draft there's all the lying and the smoke screens but this is the time of year when when people just get bored and so they start throwing up stuff against the wall and hoping it sticks you know i'm not going to name any names but you know who i'm talking about and and the takes that i'm talking about it's out there and and the 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 internet is dark and full of bad takes we don't want to do that here so we're going to find some other ways to bring you content to entertain you. So keep an eye out for all of that. Best way to do that, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Himalaya, whatever it is, subscribe, leave us a review, a rating, let other people know why you are enjoying Locked On Packers. You can also follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up, I'm going to lean on your questions. I want, to, I want to answer the questions that you guys have, so send them to me. I can't do that if you don't ask them. So hit me up on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, 920 341 3775 to stay locked on Packers.